Takes a lot to leave someone. It takes a lot to stay. It takes a lot to stay in love for more than just a day. You said things were unspoken.
It is time for talking Music on your Mountain Grown Community Radio, KVNF. I am your host, Taya J, joined today by the legendary Bill Miller. Bill, thank you so much for <coughs> making time to come and play and talk with me today in the Paonia studio. Well, it's so good to be here in Colorado. and Such a pleasure to have you here, Bill. Thank you. Uh, same here. I, I love the snow. Uh, I love the mountains. I mean, I get sick of it sometimes up in Wisconsin where I grew up, but... Um, Tennessee doesn't get the snow or anything like like there or Colorado, but there's a mystical element of this state that I always thrive off of. I, every time I come here, I, I go I, wherever I go after I leave the state, I'm I'm moved to the core. Mm, mm, we love to hear that, and we're happy to provide you your winter, your little bit of dose of winter <laughs> here. <laughs> now, thank you for having me on the radio station. Those of you listening, you're probably already listeners and. Donate, but I, I urge you to donate to these kind of radio stations because they've they've kept me and many artists around the country alive by playing our music that won't get played by regular pop stations or anything like that. They I, I consider them their choice of music is is way better than these um, popular uh, stations that have these goofy programs on. But I so uh, so I'm asking to support it. We appreciate that. We are certainly or try to be people-centric and community-minded here on this radio station. We broadcast to 10,000 square miles across the western slope of Colorado, so your voice is going out to a lot of listeners. I'm wondering for our listeners, you have this beautiful book on the table, (coughs) almost a journal-like handwritten song lyrics. Is it song lyrics? Will you describe that book to our listeners, Bill? I had one, and it got ripped off in Austin, Texas when I did Austin City Limits in the 90s, and Everything I, I do, I handwrite. And so these are songs that I've had for many years, and I'll probably end up giving it to my kids. They'll fight over it. Amazing. But yeah, they're, they're all thoughts and songs that I have written over the years, and I'm going to have to get another journal. But I take it with me everywhere, and I, I don't use a computer. Some people have it on stage or computers, but I uh, these are just part of my life. I, I just started doing it my, myself. I, I'm a pretty good writer. I, I can You can read my writing. Yeah, yeah, beautiful penmanship. <laughs> I love it, and well-practiced, obviously. Yeah. Will you tell us a little, Bill, why you chose to start the show with the song that you did today? Well, I didn't. I haven't done this song. Uh, rec- I recorded it in the year, um, uh, what was it, uh, 2010. and um, But I hadn't sang it because um, it just, it's it different meaning to different people. I grew up my native name is is Birdsong, and it was given to me in a ceremony in the um, uh, Creek Indian language. A Creek medicine man took me in and named me Fushia Eka, and I said, "What does that mean?" He said, "Birdsong," and he didn't know I was a musician, but he 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 went through family members and named me. But he didn't also know that I studied birds since I've been a little kid. So, the song I wrote it for was for my uh, my wife uh, at the time. And uh, she was wanting to go another way, and I—that happens in relationships, even long ones. And it—it it, it broke me, and I thought, well, only way I've been able to solve things in my whole life, playing as a kid with an alcoholic father and on the res and all this, was to heal through music. So I thought, well, if I write a song, maybe she she won't go through with the divorce. <laughs> it didn't work, and uh, I played it for her, and she got up and left in the middle of it. And I, I understand that um, it's painful for both of us, but. I asked my friends who are very famous songwriters, said, if you write a song for somebody that you cared for, can you, and they leave you, can you sing it again? And they said, oh, yeah, just, you know, just take it. And so the song has a freedom, but I, I don't want people to think of that when they, 
think of that because uh, I, I had uh, a stunning relationship with somebody and things changed. And uh, that's just the way it is. But I, I take um, incidents in life, whether they be traumatic or whether they be dramatic, and I, I, I can't express them sometimes in words other than the way uh, the song was, you know. It's actually a psychological song. When I read it later, I go, whoa, you were like a shadow that I was hiding in, and that's that was my personality, mm. you know. And I, I had to face up to it. And the songs can, for songwriters, can tell us, uh, myself about my my own self. I look into my own soul, mm. but it touches people too. So, mm. but I I did it with an open tuning. I challenged myself, and I love that tuning. But it's it's a tough one to play. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about songs is that they can morph and change. Their meaning can change and they can resonate, as exactly. you say, with an audience member in a very, very personal <coughs> way, whether that was how you intended it to be or not. And their meaning can can change. I know for you, music has been very personal. It's been a constant to some incredibly traumatic events in your life. Can we talk a little bit about the healing power of music? Yeah, the healing power, I call it, right now I'm doing workshops around the country with symphonies and uh, there's a term that symphonic people use called sympathetic tones. And that comes from orchestral uh, instruments like a piano, which is a stringed instrument, has all these strings and keys. And when they played, it's sympathetic tones to each other. That's one instrument. Twelve strings are like that. But when you play, and you play with cellos, violos, and violins, and and um, timpani, or whatever is going on, there's a molecular structure, a scientific issue with sound, air moving, that becomes sympathetic that's where the science turns into um supernatural spiritual uh it you'll notice that you'll hear something live like i do all the time when i'm playing like who's playing bass nobody was that was just a sympathetic tone that came through your head or through the room and uh the healing comes from that it i i the music it doesn't have to be depressing or angry but sometimes it has those modes to to get out my songs I don't want them to be depressing. I want them to kind of climb out of the darkness. I, I believe in reconciliation um, through music. I believe that it, it can take a, uh, an addict and take him back to reality. I believe that music helps. Uh, music therapy uh, can help uh, PTSD, and it can bring abused uh, women uh, to places they should be feel honored rather than um, victimized. And, there's a lot of things about music that people don't realize because we're pushing the pop characteristics of it too much. The power of money, the power of fame. It's never been that with me. I've been at the top, sort of, I guess. I won three Grammys, and I, I've been with some big people, but I, I don't feel comfortable there. Um, I just don't. Mm-hmm. You picked up your first guitar when you were 12. Can you take us back to that moment? Do you remember that moment? <clears throat> yeah, it was actually earlier than that. I started really playing it at 12. I picked it up at 9. By the time I was 13, I was playing in a polka band with my cousin in Wisconsin, and I was learning, um, you know, rhythms like, uh, you know, like that. In heaven there is no beer. That's my every drink it here. You know, that kind of stuff. But it was also, you know, that's that's a that's a my favorite artist and and let me see. Falling, the cold, cold wind has come. Sweethearts walk by together, and I still miss someone. 
Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a boom, 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 boom. So I learned that, and I, I became immediately into Johnny Cash, and the first album I ever bought, or my dad gave it for my birthday, and he was an alcoholic, but he gave me the greatest album I ever had, and that day it was 64, called Bitter Tears, the only album ever done by a major recording artist to honor Native Americans. And, uh, yeah, a lot of my stuff was based on a life experience. Well, it is. It's all based on it. it whether it be an album or an old beat-up guitar or playing at an early age in a polka band in a bar. And um, The guitar didn't become a, uh, a tool to get me famous. It became a tool of healing because I had something to look up to because I wasn't treated as a true son by my father. I just never really was, and neither was, were my brothers. We were all just had to find our own way. So... Uh, this was my buddy. It still is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's an incredible instrument. And um, the other instrument I have, which I'll play for you in the last part of the show, is, a, is the native flutes, which when we get to the flute, I'll tell you how I ended up learning to play it. But, um, yeah, I, they're, they're just parts of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, and I do want to talk more about the flute. But in the meantime, will you play another song for yeah. us? Yes. Show green. 
Bill Miller joining us on the KVNF Airwaves today. A prayer for the earth. That is something we absolutely need. Can we talk a little bit about earth as sacred ground? Yes. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, some of the elders in my tribe were, they, they studied the language and they, the older ones could only speak it because our tribe was so small. But one thing they kept saying to me where, where I, when I'd go off to college or I'd say, ah, oh, Bill, remember to Mache Lenda, Mache Lenda, brother. I said, and later on, I, I was in my 30s, I said, what, what does that mean? What are you saying? And they said it means keep, and you say it three times, it, it, they said sacredly it comes around, it means keep it holy, keep it sacred. And the more you say it, the third time, it's like saying amen, amen, and amen, we're done. Mm. Basically, sometimes you got to tell people, you got to move on. Don't hang on to crap. And then the other thing is with this keep it sacred, it's like, we have to, I hate to say it, but discipline ourselves to keep saying that. Let's keep it holy. Let's keep it sacred. If you're not doing that with your car, then fine. You know, it'll, the oil or the pistons will fly out or whatever. But people change their oil more on time. They brush their teeth more. They do things which is needed. But the the original people and a lot of people who are in your community and people who understand this earth, farmers and ranchers and the natives and and our youth and stuff, um, we have to uh, bring that up because if the ground is sacred, then the things that grow on it are sacred. They feed us, and if that's feeding us, then we're thinking better, we're sleeping better, we're we're, we're loving more, we're seeing uh, a diversity that is created by our Creator and not these racial tensions and these political um, barriers that are just booming right now around the world. And it has to be a balance. It's an imbalanced world right now. And because they're not getting to the sacred, they're not, they're not seeing what is right. I'll give you an example. Uh, two Thanksgiving dinners I went to, um, this was, um, one of these was uh, 10 years ago, and the other one was 11 years ago. The 11 years ago when I was with this family, uh, they took care of me in college. They were uh, Europeans, and they're, they're awesome people. Their son is one of my best buds. But the what bothered me is the grandmother and one of the aunties there, a little girl, uh, one of the nieces, she reached over, knocked the milk thing over, and it spilled into the turkey and knocked some things and broke one of the grandmother's old vases and into pieces and dogs were running around and there were everybody's barking and screaming. And the grandmother got up and she said, oh, you, you chunit, oh, you idiot. And she called her an idiot in front of all. And then why didn't you ask for someone to help you? And went on that, just shaming this little girl, and, and she was trembling over the lips. I could see it, and I felt so bad for her. And they called her names, and they, clean us up now. You help your mom, and, and pick it up, and you wreck the dinner, and blah, and it just it made me feel sick. So the next year, I went to my cousins in uh, on the reservation in northern Wisconsin, Greg Miller, and um, he, had, he has a big family. Exact same thing happened. One of his nieces knocked uh, water over, and it, spilled into the turkey and the cranberry sauce, whatever, and it broke some glasses. And they went, oh, shoot. They were laughing and going, don't worry, Julie, you know, uh, get Julie right away. And, and she was freaking, Julie was, but they put a towel and wiped the stuff on. Let me clean you off. We'll get you a new plate. We'll get you a new glass. Don't worry about that stuff. We'll clean it up. You, I want you to have a good meal. You, you sit on my lap. And she was smiling, and she didn't cry. What, what's the difference there is they saw what was sacred. It isn't the frickin' turkey. It isn't the glass. It is, let's make someone feel ashamed of what they're doing. 
um, this world needs to turn it around and we need to see what is sacred. It's this ground, it's this earth, it was created for mankind, all races, all tribes, all nations. And yet we're, we're, we're we are never gonna truly, I believe, never totally wreck it. It's stronger than us, but we are abusing it. In front of the creator, that's abuse and it, it hurts. And, um, and it hurts to me to see people getting mistreated in, in so many different ways. And um, I think music for me, it keeps me straight on. I, I told one person, they said, man, you got all kinds of people at your concerts. I said, well, dude, it's like a bird. I need a left wing and a right wing, and I'm in the middle, and I'm just going to keep flying. And uh, I, I care for people too much to separate my love for uh, mankind. Thank you. Thank you for that, Bill. Will you play a flute tune for yes, us? Yes, yes. KVNF. Tell us a little about the flute, Bill. The first time I heard flutes being played was at a, a ceremony in uh, Arizona, and it was a, a planting song, and I loved it, but I had no desire to play it. And uh, eventually, uh, it made its way into my life at a bluegrass festival. There was a native guy who was selling his flutes, to, and he was pretty drunk, and his flutes were phenomenal, and I sobered him up paid him $300 and bought one of his flutes. And then he, a year later, he brought in uh, three elders in their 70s, uh, two Potawatomi men and one Ojibwe from northern Wisconsin. And they uh, spent three days with me, and we never touched the flute. They basically showed me how to breathe, how to walk in the water, how to see the birds, how to listen for birds, how to listen to the wind, branches breaking, every sound you could imagine, temperatures. It was all about the land and the wind and the spirit of our creator. It was all about how do you project yourself when the wind blows too hard? How do you feel standing in a river? Because I'd take off my boots and my socks and I had to walk in a river with them. And how, how do you deal with this stuff? So if, if you can't understand, you'll never play flute the way we want you to. This is our traditional way. And I kept that 
those days in my heart for almost six years, I didn't touch a flute. And one day um, I was outside with it and it, it all just came to me. So to this day, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, I do remember my songs, but I played on movie soundtracks and they do, they, I just say, what key is this thing? And I got it and I'll nail it. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean I'm that great. It means that I'm in touch with my spirit. So therefore this is a tool, but it's an instrument that I am Im not imitating that I am too. I'm an instrument of peace, so is this. Mm -hmm. I think the guitar too, that I'm a guitarist and a singer has helped me to project like, yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's I, I sing it mm -hmm. when I'm playing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about reconciliation mm -hmm. and I want to talk about I would imagine when you play towns like Paonia and similar to Paonia, you're playing to a predominantly white audience. And I'm curious what your what your thought is around sharing Native American music with with everyone. Well, it was it was very difficult in the early days because I'd I played, I was I was asked to do this was in Colorado actually, or no, it was Wyoming, I'm sorry. It was a Western Writers Conference and um Clint Eastwood was there, but um there were a lot of um People like the guy who wrote um, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, uh, but he's white, but incredible, man. Um, but I met these people, and I played a set, and I got off. These people politely clapped for me. It was all whites, all cowboys. And a bluegrass band gets up after me. I don't know who they were, but the guy goes, dude. I go, yeah, how are you? He says, you're pretty good for an Indian. Like, whoa, Oof. thank you, you know. And, but it got worse as I went on. They told me not to play festivals. Uh, this is a bluegrass festival. Um, you, you guys got powwows. We don't need you. I mean, I heard that for a long time. And uh, was it last year or year before I played Pagosa Springs for the first time? They had a native act. They have a lot of different. I love that festival. Those people are excellent. But the Ute tribe got me in. They said, you need to have Bill Miller at this festival, man. And recently did a PBS special that's called Bluegrass Underground. And uh, caverns I did it was all over the United States in November but first time they used a Native American musician on their series because it's been a bluegrass thing just all white and they're, now they're using blues and other people too but the natives didn't exist to them I don't understand that people always claim Cherokee blood in Tennessee and yet we don't exist but when I play here I played a predominantly white crowd which is fine I see people who are white my mother was white my dad was full blood I see people like my mom who loved all mankind and that's that's the audience I see now that comes to see me because I, I don't. There's no racist going to come into my concert. They know what they're getting. They know what they're paying for. I don't want to limit it with a skin color, you know. I don't want to say just Indians tonight, people. Get out of here. I'd have one person in there, maybe. <laughs> but <clears throat> and even some of the casinos, they went for quite a few years where they wouldn't hire native acts. I'm like, what are you doing? But uh, I I I got over that because. The more I focus on the toxicity of relationships and, and industry with, you know, um, reconciling, the more it hurts my reconciling spirit. If, if I'm going to reconcile, I'm gonna, I have to live that. I have to be that way. Mm -hmm. And when you are that way, it's like having pure mountain water. It's, it's, it's pretty clean. I feel good at the end of my day, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But I believe in reconciliation. Mm. I really do. Thank you for that, Bill. Let's talk about your event tomorrow at the Blue Sage Center for the Arts. <coughs> You'll be teaching a Native American flute workshop during the day beginning at 2 p.m. Yes. 
And then you will be giving a performance at the mm-hmm. Blue Sage. That's Friday, February 9th, beginning at 7 p.m. here right. in Paonia. Tell us a little bit about what we can look forward to. And these little concerts, I don't, I, I like it. I don't have a set list. I might have a set list, but I don't have a set list. And I always end up going through something wherever I travel, so I share stories. I bring in life lessons that I've learned because people need to share. And like I said, even that song, Chasing Birds, a lot of people can relate to relationships and how they break down. And it is healing to grieve and to say exactly what you felt you were. I was a shadow, and I was a, a meek partner. or I don't know what I was, but I, you know, something didn't work. And I, I'm okay with that. And I'm stronger for it. But you're going to hear stories. You're going to hear flutes. You're going to hear guitar. hope to make you laugh. Just a reminder to our listeners, that's tomorrow, February 9th at 7 p.m. at the Blue Sage Center for the Arts. There will also be a Native American flute workshop tomorrow at 2 p.m. with the legendary Bill Miller. Bill, thank you so much for making time to come and sit here in the studio with me and to share your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience and your honesty. Thank you for the blessing.